Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me tonight, we have Dolan Bishop. Hey, Spence. And we have Christian Ertz. What is up, y'all? We're all doing well. Um, we're going to start with baseball because this game to go final because we knew it'd be um, – we knew we'd probably discuss it. So we're going to pick up right where in real life happening – the Atlanta Braves just eliminate the Milwaukee Brewers in four games to advance to the uh, NLCS. Yesterday, or earlier today, we had the Astros eliminate the White Sox in a blowout fashion. And then yesterday, the Red Sox walked off the Rays um, in game four to advance in that series. So the only series still yet to be finished, as strictly because of timing when we're recording this, Dodgers-Giants. That could end tonight. It could end in a couple days in game five. We'll have to wait and see how that goes around. But overall, just with the playoffs, I'll go my first, uh, my thoughts. You know, the Red Sox, if you listened last week, you know, um, it was during the wild card game we recorded. And I said that I thought the Rays would be the World Series champions this year. I did not think the Red Sox had much of a chance against the Rays. Thoroughly surprised, but amazingly, I'm very happy, obviously, that they got the win. Houston, no, it's going to be an interesting series because Core used to be the bench coach during the Astros in 2017 before going to Boston in 2018, leading the Sox to the championship. And then the Braves, you know, looking to get back to the World Series. You haven't seen them there since the 90s during their heyday. So it's been a fun playoffs. I'll be watching a lot more now with the championship series coming up. Um, this is my initial takeaways from the MLB postseason. Uh, I'll go Dawn first here um, after me. Your thoughts on the MOE postseason as a whole so far? Exciting. Definitely exciting. Um, don't really like that I went 0-4. and four. I was talking to you guys. I went 0-4 and four in the first Well, Dodgers matchups. isn't over yet. Dodgers Not great. Uh, no, Spence, I, despite my pick for the Dodgers winning the World Series, I'm not confident that they win tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not confident at all. Uh, I watched their game. I think it was last night or – I think it was last night. Last night, uh, not great. Not great. Um, Yeah, uh, it's it's not going very well. So, um, but hey, I I I like that. You know, um, we're seeing different teams advance. Uh, I find the uh, the Red Sox and Astros uh, series really really spicy. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting. Interesting game just because of the connections, but um, yeah, uh, I'm 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 really I'm really excited to see how the Braves finish out. Um, I mean, I I didn't think that they were going to be able to beat the Brewers, uh, but you know, uh, they they did, and uh, whew, you know, we'll see we'll see if they can get past the uh, past this next series. It's going to be tough, you know, 106 win Dodgers, 107 win uh, Giants team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian, your thoughts on MLB's postseason as a whole so far? I mean, I, I agree with Dalton. It's very exciting. It's very different seeing uh, who are, you know, the favorites of the, t- you know, favorites of the season are. Uh, you know, the Red Sox coming up, you know, coming as a wild card team. Uh, B Tampa Bay, which I was definitely shocked of. And Spence, I mean, you're the only one that actually has a team in the playoffs this year. So, congrats to you for that. 
Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, but, I mean, Red Sox could possibly – I mean, you know, I, I have my, you know, pick for, you know, uh, Houston and Boston, but I think Boston has a really good chance of winning this series. Um, you know, I think Houston is a very good team. They absolutely just wiped the floor with the wet with the White Sox face uh, the last several games because, like, they they are ready to dominate. Um, and you know they have been you know a really good team. So you know Houston is definitely a tough task. Uh, <laughs> You know, we just mentioned about the Braves. You know, Willie Freeman had to go ahead run. Um, you know, go ahead Homer, excuse me. So, you know, that's big for the Braves and give them some momentum going into probably the toughest series of the uh, championship series. So, you know, whoever wins between San Fran and L.A., even though I have L.A. winning, like Dalton, I'm not very confident they can get it out. But – I don't see the Braves winning this one as close. I don't think it will be as close. But, you know, congratulations to all the teams that have made to the uh, championship series so far. Yeah. I'm just looking up with the Braves real quick. Last year they played the Dodgers in the NLCS. Now that series was played at Globe Life Field at Arlington, neutral site, to try to, you know, um, bubble up the playoffs a bit. Um, you know, minimal tennis, but it was also neutral. Um the Braves are actually went up three games to one in that series, including 10-2 in game four last year before dropping three straight, including a 4-3 game seven last year. So that could be something to watch if it is Braves-Dodgers, the revenge factor that the Braves would want to unleash in that series. But, um, you know, as of now, the Padres-Mets, no manager has been hired yet. When they do get hired, we will, you know, break it down here, give our thoughts and opinions on that. Um, real quick, the NBA, we will be doing our NBA preview next week on next week's episode. But there's a couple of things that came out today that I thought we should discuss right now. The first being Ben Simmons. This whole saga with Ben Simmons, he said he was going to hold out, never play again. He has changed his stance and is showing up to Philly. He went in yesterday, got tested for COVID-19, as is the uh, NBA protocols around the league. You got to get tested before you can practice or whatnot. So he is officially back with the team, probably will play. I could see this ending up like James Harden last year where, you know, he plays the games so he can collect his paycheck, um, you know, try to build some trade value there. Uh, but he, he doesn't want to be in Philly. They need to move him by midseason at the latest. Like, you can't keep this guy on your team that long. As good as Ben Simmons is, he's just not – does not want to be there. He's a locker room um, distraction possibly. But I will be – Following Philly to a degree, just to see how this whole saga unfolds and um, when they gets the inevitable conclusion someday. Christian, your takeaways on uh, Ben Simmons finally deciding, you know, money is kind of important. I need to get paid, so I'm showing up to uh, Philadelphia. I mean, this kind of shows how, you know, how tough Ben is and the fact that uh, he's not very tough. Um, if he If he – was certain that he doesn't want to play in Philly. He doesn't want to play in Philly. You know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA that if they say something, they're going to be a man of their word. It's Jimmy Butler. Um, <laughs> but Ben Simmons, of course, you know, he wants to have his name out there. He wants to be in the spotlight. Uh, like Kim, Cardi- uh, Kim Kardashian wasn't enough for that or whoever he dated. Um, <laughs> but – 
it's, I mean, it's kind of iffy, you know, why would Ben, you know, he's a distraction, you're not, I mean, he hasn't been with the team this entire offseason, hasn't worked out with Joel, hasn't worked out with any of the, uh, Andre Drummond, he hasn't worked out with any uh, new Philly players that may have been on the team, so that chemistry is going to be an issue. Uh, with the season just starting, like in two weeks, two weeks tonight, um, it's it's going to be incredibly um, interesting how they work and what's their dynamic and everything. So, I mean, he'll get traded. I don't think he is going to stay past the trade the trade deadline. And excuse me, that was actually one week from tonight. It will be the <laughs> season, but you know, I don't think. Ben stays there past the second month of the year. I think he's there for probably a game or two. You know, teams are going to see, all right, could he do something for us? But I don't also think a championship contender would want him unless he plays power forward, which he's probably a little bit better at. Because um, he, you know, he's just clogging up the lane for Joel Embiid. And as a point guard, you need to shoot the three. He hasn't made a three in God knows how long. So, you know, Ben's going to be a distraction for the next, you know, couple of weeks for Philly. Hopefully they can get past that and try to win some games early. Yeah. Dalton, your uh, takeaways of the whole Ben Simmons situation. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I was completely blindsided by the fact that he actually came back. Uh, I thought that he would hold out a little bit longer, um, even into the season. Um, his agent Rich Paul and the 76ers were obviously in talks, but you know, um, you guys know how these things work. It's just you know, one side eventually folds and the other side gets what they want. So Ben Simmons folded, came in, and 76ers got what they wanted, they got it back uh, to playing. Oh, I think he's gone way before the trade deadline. Like that's, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to be there. Um, his agents trying to get him to move, trying to get him traded. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked that Daryl Morey hasn't pulled this, hasn't like pulled this or done this move sooner. Um, obviously, team, I assume. Chemistry-wise, I'm sure the players want him back, but I mean, if the player doesn't want to be on a certain team, why would you? Why would you still have him there? You know, like why would you not want to get trade capital for him, get rid of him, um, bring in someone who actually wants to be there? But um, yeah, I mean, I was I was I was shocked that he didn't hold out any, any uh, longer than he did. Yeah. I think just money talks, and at the end of the day, you know, he lost that paycheck for training camp for not showing up. I guess he just needed something else. Um, another thing that I really was holding off as much as possible with um, discussing this saga, just because, you know, it is considered a hot button topic with, uh, you know, vaccination status and whatnot. There's polarized polarization with it. But let's focus on Kyrie Irving himself. You know, he's the one to get vaccinated. You know what? This is a decision. Not going to judge him for it personally but it, the new or brooklyn nets because they play in new york there's vaccination requirements in new york in order to enter buildings in order to participate 
And until he gets one dose, he cannot play. And today, Sean Marks, the GM, said, hey, you know, Kyrie Irving will not be a part of this team going forward until he fulfills the requirements that the state has. As unfortunate a situation as it is, that is the rules, and rules are rules that must be followed. It, it sucks for Brooklyn. I mean, I'm not a Kyrie fan. If you've heard me before, you know I'm a Celtics <laughs> fan. You know how I feel about yeah. Kyrie and how that tenure ended. But, like, we knew he was going to miss time just because last year he had to miss time for some off-the-field, off-the-court stuff. Totally understandable. I get it. But it's a, it's a huge blow for Brooklyn, personally, because KD is amazing. James Harden, amazing shooter. They'll be. I think Brooklyn will be fine enough but, you know, Kyrie's as an other level, and, you know, he does have a championship a championship winning shot, I'll say, when he was with Cleveland. He knows what it takes. So does Kevin Durant. Harden is almost there a few times. It's just a huge blow. It sucks. And, you know, Kyrie has a whole stance that he wants to do. And I honestly I would not be shocked if he retired. I don't think he will. But if Kyrie came out and was like, you know what, I'm going to retire from the basketball tomorrow uh, because of this vaccination mandate in New York, then you know what that it, that's what he does. It, it would not shock me one bit, just given Kyrie and his views. But for Brooklyn as a whole, I think it's gonna suck, and it's hard to pinpoint where I think they will be in the season. Just me personally trying to get my preseason predictions ready for next week, because that is a huge blow to the team. That's what I'll say there. Uh, I'll go Christian first. Just your thoughts, Kyrie Irving, um, and the impact on the Brooklyn Nets that it has. Um. I mean, you you know, Spencer, you and I, we do not like Kyrie. Um, I am very anti-Kyrie in a lot of stuff he believes. Um, this is not a political show. So, of course, we're not going to get into that because everything nowadays does evolve, you know, revolve around politics. But, you know, if, if a state requires or a team requires you to – get vaccinated in order to play at least home games or away games or what have you, like, it'd be best. It's obviously a person's choice, and I believe that. Um, you got to live with the consequences that a team, state, or uh, some type of legislator would put out there. You know, do I agree with the verdict that, New- that uh, Brooklyn, I almost said New York, that Brooklyn went uh, with this issue? No. But at the same time, they are trying to save their butts uh, with New York and, you know, the whole state issue there. So at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you can't really fight about it. And, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either if Kyrie says, you know what, I want to get traded out of New York. So, you know, he can go to a state like Florida, Texas, uh, or any other state that I cannot think of that is not allowing or not forcing mandates uh, for vaccination to work and everything, uh, that wouldn't shock me either. But if this, if Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie, I still think it's a good team, like you said. But with Kyrie, it's a finals contender. Without Kyrie, it's a dark horse. So, you know, because Golden State, Yes, they had KD, but they had a healthy Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and a pretty good Draymond Green that won them titles. They won't do that. You know, you got KD and James Harden, and that's really it. You got a shot 
Blake Griffin. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, I don't think is along with the team anymore. So you got a whole bunch of new players that I don't think are finals caliber. It could. I could absolutely be wrong. You know, so I don't think they'll be the most threatening team in the East. I mean, we didn't think last year, we didn't think uh, the Suns would make the finals, and they did. So, I mean, true. It's, it, they definitely could still make it. It's just they'll Kyrie be more a lot better. Like I said. They're not going to be a threat like everyone says they are. Yeah. Uh, Don, your takeaway from the, you know, the Kyrie Irving situation in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I think this is a similar situation to what Andrew Wiggins was talking, but Kyrie's just going above and beyond, um, going a lot farther than Andrew Wiggins ever did. I mean, um, Wiggins eventually decided to get vaccinated. He, yeah, yeah, not right, worth right, my right, right. At this point, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> If something's, I mean, if you have to do it for your team, like, and the league requires it, then that's just that's just something that you have to do, despite what your beliefs might be, you know. Um, like, I mean, that's I'm sure that's with all athletics. Um, if you're an athlete, a manager, a coach, whatnot, um, that's just something that you're gonna have to do. And being in New York. Um, with their mandatory mandates and all that stuff, uh, mandatory vaccinations, what have you. Um, that's just something that he's going to have to do. But, you know, again, he's got free will to do whatever he wants. Um, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, whether he gets vaccinated or not, it's not really. I mean, I don't, I don't care either way. I still think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a good team this year. Uh, they, they don't have DeAndre Jordan, but they got LaMarcus Aldridge. They still have Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin was a good piece for them last year. And I think as long as um, Harden and Kevin Durant stay healthy, I think that they'll be a pretty good team. They're pretty, they're pretty deep at certain positions, uh, which I think will be fine. But, um, yeah, there's only maybe a couple teams in the East that could contend uh, with them. Um, thank God they're not in the West. Uh, that would be an absolute train wreck for the Nets, but um, it's a it's a good thing that they're in the East because they won't have to. Let's just say I'm I'm not gonna like harp on the competition, but it's not as deep as the West is in terms of talented teams uh, contending for the one seed and a Finals appearance. Yeah. Um, real quick before we. Uh... I have a few things we want to get to before we get to an exciting NFL recap and whatnot. Uh, NHL opening day is today, Tuesday, the 12th. Uh, right now, you know, Pittsburgh and um, they're playing the Lightning right now. And then later on tonight, we will have the debut of the newest franchise, Seattle Kraken, take on the second newest franchise, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, it's going to be a very good year, I think, with the NHL, especially with them being on ESPN, as I've mentioned several times before. ESPN, TNT, so it's a lot more visibility. So if you're a fan of the show, you probably have watched other sporting events that we've discussed. So I recommend tuning in NHL games. If you don't, you know, that's your choice. I'm not going to force you to, but I say at least tune in a couple of times. They're very fun games to watch. Um, also, the WNBA playoffs is going on right now. They're in the finals right now. 
the Chicago Sky, the sixth seed, won the uh, 16-16 regular season. They took game one from the Mercury, 91-77. to um, You know, it's going to be – I think it's going to go four. I think – I said – Dawn and I were talking, Christian. It's going to be a fun series. I think Sky take it, though. They took game one, so it's a best of five. The only two wins away from a championship. Um, but, you know, Phoenix Mercury, they play in the same arena that the Suns did, so maybe – they could have a different faith in the Phoenix Suns at, uh, you know, game two's tomorrow at, uh, let me real quick check it. Tomorrow night, nine o'clock, it's in Phoenix on ESPN. If you want to tune in, that's uh, 13th of October. So maybe today, if you're listening to it, um, that's all I have. Dalton has some racing news real quick, and then we'll take an ad break and get to the NFL. So, Dalton, take away with whatever news you have in racing. Yeah, uh, I don't want to take too much time here. It's just going to be quick. But um, uh, we're going to start with NASCAR. Uh, there's a race this weekend in Charlotte. Um, Carl Larson ended up winning that one. Uh, my boy Kyle Busch came in fourth. Denny Hamlin in fifth. Um, yeah, to the standings, Kyle Larson ran out the top two. Um, Kyle Busch in fourth, Chase Elliott in fifth. Six, excuse me. Uh, Kyle Busch is in fifth, but um, yeah, they got a few many, few races left. Um, Texas, Kansas, Martinsville, and Phoenix, uh, and that'll be that'll be it for NASCAR. Um, it'll be uh, we're on uh, to we're in we're we're pretty much in like the home stretch. Um, actually, I got a notification that about the. So, like, uh, actually, I didn't realize this, but the play Cup Series playoffs had started maybe a couple weeks ago, and they went from around a 16 to 12 to 8. Now they're in 8 right now. And uh, so now there's eight racers left. And these next these next races, um, let's see, Kansas, Martinville, I think Phoenix, yeah. Um, like that'll be deciding who who wins it. So um, yeah, I mean, but we're we're, we're like in the home stretch here. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Going to Formula One, uh, the Turkish Grand Prix was this past weekend. Um, I know I'm the only one who watched it because it was at seven thirty in the morning on a Sunday. I can't imagine waking up that early, um, but it happened for some reason. Uh, yeah, uh, Sergio Perez came in third, Charles Leclerc in fourth. Uh, my favorite, Lewis Hamilton, uh, round out the top five. Uh, he was actually, he was actually, he started, I think he started uh, in tenth in the race. Um, and you know, those, those car, uh, those, those Formula One, um, I mean, they, they go pretty fast. So, um, I was watching it and he was slowly but surely getting up there, but it was tough, especially, um, I think, I think it was raining too, which was, which was big on the tires and, uh, you know, strategically, um, not trying to crash or anything like that. It could be kind of slippery slope out there. Um, but I'm glad that he came in to the top five. I thought he was going to win, obviously, but it didn't happen. Uh, to the standings, Verstappen has got a sizable lead now. I say sizable, but it's 262.5 for Verstappen. Hamilton's got 256.5. Um, since uh, Verstappen obviously finished a better place than Hamilton did. Uh, Valtteri Bottas is in third uh, with a sizable lead there over Lando Norris, I believe, in fourth. 
Then Perez running out the top five. Uh, to the constructors or the teams, if you want to say it, uh, Mercedes has a very, very huge lead over Red Bull, um, 433.5 to 397.5. And I think, I think honestly, with only three more races to go, I think the Mercedes is going to pull out this W here. Um, I think, I think just their team is just so stacked that uh, there's there's no way that they can blow this one here. I mean, Valtteri Bottas is on that team. Uh, obviously, Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that's just the top two. Um, yeah, I, I think that Red Bull will probably finish in second just because their, their lead is so much bigger over uh, McLaren, which is in third. Uh, McLaren's got about 240, so if you do that math right there, I mean, that's that's 157. Uh, 0.5. I think with four ra- uh, six races to go, I think it's going to be tough to to j- jump ahead above Red Bull. Um, in terms of the drivers, I think I think Verstappen's obviously in the front seat, no pun intended. Um, but you know, I think you know Hamilton has really really got to go into God mode essentially these last six races and try to try to get like top three in order to uh, really really make it close. Um, for until uh, until like the very very end uh, of this season, but yeah, that's all my that's all the news there. All right, thank you, Dalton. We're gonna take a uh, you know quick ad break. We'll be back. We got a lot to digest with the NFL, so uh, stick with us. All right, we're back now with a very exciting week of football. And you know what? Before we dive into Week Five, there's two stories I want to get to. So, like I said, we record usually, if you're familiar, we usually record Tuesday night, gets uploaded either late Tuesday, early Wednesday. So, we did not have a chance to discuss the story, because the story broke Wednesday morning that, you know, Stephon Gilmore, the Patriots were going to release him. Later on, they found a trade partner for Stephon Gilmore. Um, so, the Panthers have now acquired Stephon Gilmore. He's going back home. He played his college ball at South Carolina, grew up in South Carolina. Now he's a member of the Carolina Panthers. They play North Carolina, but still, nonetheless, the same area of the country. You know, Gilmore's still on the pup list for a while, for the next two weeks at least. It's going to be something to watch out for, but Gilmore coming off a quad injury, I think he'll still be fine. Like, I loved Gilmore. His time in New England sucked that ended this way, but I'll always be happy for those few years. Um, one of my favorite plays, obviously, that Jacksonville AFC title game where he had the deflection land the game. So, you know, thanks for the memories. And hopefully – I'm hoping for the best because, you know, he's set to become a free agent next year. I hope he resigns really with Carolina because they seem like they could be doing a lot with that defense. You know, J.C. Horn, they have C.J. Henderson now. If they can get Gilmore on another contract with that team, he will be able to mentor two potentially, like, all-pro corners in the NFL someday. They could potentially – have the potential to be all-pro. At that position. And if Gilmore sticks with it, I think that t- defense could be scary good next year. But uh, that, I digress a bit. Dalton, your thoughts on Stephon Gilmore getting traded to the Carolina Panthers? I thought it was great uh, for both sides. Uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore gets to go to a place where the team's on the incline. <clears throat> and they got a good defense, um, good cornerbacks. Uh, I think – you know, Shaq Thompson, Shaq uh, Thompson at the linebacker position is outstanding, and Derek Brown up front. Um, but you know, JC Horn comes back next year. I mean, I think I agree with you that they should probably resign Gilmore. 
But I, I mean, their secondary, um, uh, Jeremy Chin, I think, I think he's also an outstanding young player. And, oh yeah, I uh, forgot about him. And uh, yeah, uh, C.J. Henderson, I, you know, I think uh, with him as well, um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do uh, with Stefan. I think they should keep him, but uh, I really, really do like Carolina's. Uh, defense. Um, I think Matt Rule's done a terrific job realizing that, uh, you know, they have a uh, window, a small window to get this thing done. And um, by, and by this thing, I mean, uh, trying to, trying to go win the, go win a playoff game or get farther in the playoffs or make the playoffs. Um, They have a, they have a good team when healthy. And um, I really, really love the urgency by the Carolina Panthers. All right, Christian, your talk is from the Stephon Gilmore news. Um, I'm a little like I'm not super shocked that New England did this. Uh, they they went to the release route of Stephon Gilmore, and we all know like it was probably going to come, but this was definitely a surprise. Um, my there was a report that my boys were the number one interest of Stephon, and yet we did not go after him, even though one of our close friends. Thought it was a bad move. I thought it would be a really good move, uh, especially when Jair and Stefan would be fully healthy. I think our secondary would look very well. Um, but for Carolina, I mean, they, like you said, they got J.C. Horn, they got Henderson, they they have a really you know deep uh, cornerback room up there in Carolina. And I swear, if they like trade up and draft Derek Stingley, I think I'm just done. And that's just the best cornerback room in like ever, because they have so much talent, so much potential there. Um, it would really suck if Derek would go to Carolina, but you know, for Carolina right now, um, they they're missing. I think they're missing James Arnold. I mean, we'll get we'll probably get to it later uh, with their game, but Sam Darnold did not look like the Sam Darnold we've seen in the last four weeks. Uh, and maybe because Arnold is a good, reliable target for him, uh, outside of uh, Robbie and outside, uh, can't think of his name right now, number two. Um, but care, you know, Carolina, they're deep in, you know, they're deep in the secondary, and I think you give them a couple weeks, they'll be they'll be just fine, and you know they'll get back, you know, get back into shape. All right. Um. In other news, I don't know how I didn't post my notes until like I just came up. I just remembered it. Uh, Christian, I want to start with you for this next one. But okay. Jalen Smith, you did mention the Packers were potentially rumored to be going after Gilmore. They did go after Jalen Smith, who was released last week. We discussed the release. Um, now he's with the Green Bay Packers. Did he play at all on Sunday, or was he? I do not believe he did play. I know he signed. Um, and he is trying – I think they're trying to get him going by this weekend against Chicago or next week. Uh, but whichever game he plays, you know, I think Jalen uh, will make an impact. Um, the injuries do concern me. How good is he going to be? Um, he has been fine uh, in Dallas, but you kind of watch film on him. He, you know, has a little – he has several misreads. And he's just not kind of there. He's not the 2018 Jalen Smith that we know. But even if he is, you know, 
70, 80% of what he was in 2018, it would be massive help because I think our linebacker core is the worst of our defense. And him and Devontae Campbell would definitely uh, boost that up. Yeah. I'm excited to see because, I mean, you know the Packers better than I do, obviously. I think at worst, it's like a, it's a low risk signing that he's got potential. He, he's still very young, he's only 26 years old. So, it's a lot of potential with that signing. Dolan, do you have any takeaways with Jalen Smith going to Green Bay? Mm, uh, it was a it was a need. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not a Packers fan, but you know, I would have to agree with the both of you. I'm not going to object. Uh, I figure, you know, as long as he's healthy, I mean, why not put him out there? Uh, why not try to boost boost the uh, the linebacker? Uh, spot uh, and I mean if he has a good year why not sign him to an extension you know uh, yeah it's going to be uh, something to watch out for um, other news related to NFL before we get to our week 5 uh, recap John Gruden um, you know last week we discussed, we were hanging out on Friday night um, or Sunday, I mean, how did I say Friday? On Sunday, the three of us, you know, went to one of our, uh, we went to a local restaurant that we all like, and we were discussing, you know, watch some football, and we discussed John Gruden, because it came out, just because, you know, it's big, it's the big news. We had a comment about the then, and then now still current NFL PA president. Very offensive comment. If it's one comment 10 years ago, as bad as that is, I don't think he's fired. I think he's, he's still the coach of the Raiders today, if that's it, just it. But they uncovered more emails. And the thing that gets me is they weren't even investigating Gruden. It was Washington who, for decades, there's a lot of accusations about workplace sexual harassment. Maybe Dan Snyder was in, uh, running something. It was very bad, very egregious stuff that happened in Washington. And they were investigating that. And then Gruden emailed a lot of people in the positions – there and his emails get caught Gruden I don't think like, as bad as it was he definitely deserved it to resign like he did because what he said was definitely wrong and there's no def- and if, I guess if it's one email 10 years ago that's one email 10 years ago it's several emails over a time period as recently as 2018 that's not that long ago and as unfortunate as he had to re- resign because he's like I don't want to be a distraction anymore I'm resigning from this uh, post. And, you know, it sucks for Gruden that this is what did him in. But at the end of the day, you can't, if you don't want to get caught saying racist or homophobic emails, then don't say it during in an email. Well, don't say it all, first off. But don't say it during email. You won't get caught. Um, so they've got an interim coach that they promoted. And the Raiders are not having a bad year. There's a lot of potential with this Raiders group going forward that, I think Carr's playing phenomenal this year. I think they just need to get back on track, and they could still be a playoff team. Uh, Christian, your uh, thoughts now that more fish has come out about Gruden? Um, I mean, my father and I, we were talking about this, and this is an issue that I think a lot of people already need to take note of. And it's not just with um, – watching what you say, but understanding, you know, with this podcast, with this uh, social media and us growing up with it, 
we have sometimes forget that the internet is actually forever and anybody, anytime, any day could justify dirt on you because that's what the internet is. A bunch of trolls who uh, want to ruin people's lives, they will find something. They will uh, find emails that you have sent. They will find posts that you have uh, posted. They will find podcasts or YouTube episodes or clips of things you've said, and it is going to come back to haunt you. In this day and age, uh, there is no tolerance for sexism, racism, uh, anti homophobic uh, language, uh, any type of re- uh, any type of language that could possibly offend or hurt uh, a different group of uh, individuals in our society. So, you know, like you said, Spencer, if it was just one email, like everybody makes mistakes, everybody is not perfect. And if you expect that out of every single person, um, even yourself, you're not going to be perfect. Everybody is flawed in their own way. But a mistake is a mistake. You move on. And then I thought like, okay, Johnson's at one email, especially because it was the only time of NFLPA. Um, he should have been, in my eyes, like maybe suspended a game at most. You know, suspended a game, a uh, major fine, a talking to, something like that. Uh, and I think you kind of move on from there. But after email, after email, after email, and this type of, uh, you know, just hatred uh, in, you know, the words he used and everything, it, it's not it's not right. So – you know, it's sad that our uh, that we have no more tolerance at all for it as as we should. But it is sad that he may not have another job in the NFL. Uh, like Tampa Bay, that he just got kicked out of the Ring of Honor because of the stuff coming out. So ESPN, it will will likely not hire him. Uh, you know, Las Vegas is done with him. Tampa's done with him. So that may have actually ended his career in doing anything uh, sport-wise. Yeah. Like I said, we all make mistakes. If if he was in high school or – well, his high school days was a long time. If, like, a high school kid or, like, if you're young, like, college kids, we all do stupid stuff. That's not – that's what happens. He's a grown man that made these mistakes. And, yeah, like I said, one email, probably not a big deal. But, like, he he knew better. And also, a company email is the worst place to do that. Um, uh, Real quick before I go to Dalton. There's a website that I remember seeing years ago called Is Gruden Gone Yet? Made by some Ra- Raiders fan that just was a, uh, you know, ticked off with how the Raiders uh, and how bad Gruden's tenure had gone at that time. Because, you know, he signed a 10-year contract, which was a ridiculous contract to give it a Monday Night Football color commentator. And it would, like, show his uh, salary, how much money he's made, like, since you've been on the website. And it updated. I'll check last night, update this morning, to yes, Gruden is officially gone from the Raiders. Uh, but, Dawn, real quick before we go to our uh, thoughts on the games, just your reaction to the uh, John Gruden news in Vegas. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, that's – I mean, uh, um, I mean, I'm not saying he should have kept his job, but, I mean, whoever did that research or went in looking for that email or many emails – I mean, well, they were investigating Washington for what was going crazy. on there. And I mean, like, I mean, like, how does 
like, what are we? Maybe I just don't know half the story, but what are we investigating Washington for? So Washington's um, person, one of their uh, like medical assistants, personal trainer, something like that, um, was under investigation of doing some questionable things, like you know, giving drugs and other stuff with cheerleaders and stuff. You know, just kind of gross crap. And there was a text message that or email that was talking about, you know, John Gruden uh, being sent naked or topless uh, pictures of the uh, Washington football cheerleaders back in like 2011. Yeah, I don't think it was 2011. I don't know if it was 2011. That's one of the first email. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of really disturbing stuff that went on. I mean, that's. I mean, if that's the case, I'm not so worried about the emails as I am about the the other stuff oh, that you Dan just mentioned. Snyder, that's even worse. Got to happen to like Dan Snyder and Bruce. Allen. I don't know how Dan's that's Robin yet. I mean, I I be terrible what John Gruden like and, and all that, but I think that Washington football team is like that might be up another level. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, if it like ever that, comes like down, that's insane. The NFLPA is trying to get them to release the findings of the investigation. That is going to be a lot worse, I think. And that's hard to say, but it's also not hard to say. It's going to be a I lot mean, worse. There, you know, this could have a massive domino effect on so many parties who could be involved right here. Uh, I don't think this is over, to be honest with you, but. Um, uh, I mean, I, I would have to just, you know, agree with Christian a little bit on, you know, his past. Uh, I mean, you got to forgive him a little bit maybe if it, like, wasn't such a big issue or, like, he didn't do something enormously huge, um, you know, give him a fine or something. But as soon as it kept piling on, I was like, ah, this man, he's not going to last very long. I mean, this is just – it's just too much on his plate. I'm sure I'm sure Davis, the owner, isn't too fond of it either. Um the media said that he stepped down. He didn't step down. No, yeah, that, there's no the, way. The, there's yeah, no John way. resigned, uh, but it was definitely yeah, he, he, he resigned. He, no, he did. He did. He, he did not resign. They said. They, wanted, they said they you. Some of his. They wanted him to have some pride. Well, of course, that's yeah. probably the case. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no. The owner's probably like, yeah, you've you've get you you've uh, got to go. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna tell the media that we fired you, but you can tell them that you resigned uh, and stepped down. So, um, uh, yeah, this is that's a absolute crazy, crazy situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else on it. All right. Um, hopefully, on to some more, uh, you know, can't be hard as that. Some lighthearted stuff, some, uh, some actual on the field, um, stuff. You know, week five recap. We'll start with the favorite teams like we always do. And uh, we're still with Dalton. You guys played Thursday night. Your Rams. I'll have you take it away. Just uh, your takeaways from that game. Oh, thanks, bud. Um, yeah, go chronologically. So go ahead. Go, cool, 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 cool. All right, all right, all right. That was a dazed and confused reference. If anybody got that, but yeah, um, appreciate it. Okay. Uh, well, my Rams got back on track, like we all thought they would, and uh, they won. Um, it was very, very interesting game. 
Uh, I was watching it the entire time, like any normal fanatic would. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Seattle's, Seattle's was Seattle's defense was was good there for a minute. Um, we we again it was a slow start for the offense. Uh, they picked it up in the second quarter. Uh, they were able to go down the field and score two touchdowns after trailing seven to three after one. Um, Russell Wilson got hurt a little bit into the third quarter. Uh, he had a sprained finger. Um, he played one series after that, and then Geno Smith had to come in because Pete Carroll wouldn't let Russ go back out there after one series. I mean, uh, I'm no medical expert, but I assume if he can throw the ball, he should be good to go. And that's Russell Wilson that you have at quarterback. Um, I mean, Pete Carroll is going to do what he's going to do, but I just think he probably should have – he probably should have let Russ out there maybe for a series or two and see if he could do – see if he could play uh, still. I mean, obviously, he, after he had already hurt his finger, he went back, he went back out there. So um, – and not to mention, on the other side of things, Matthew Stafford had a, had a uh, dislocated uh, um, finger as well on uh, – I think, I think it was his um, – Gosh, not his middle, his uh, first finger, his index finger, um, on his throwing hand. So both these quarterbacks have finger injuries. One stayed in the game, the other one was out after one series. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a that's a call for Pete Carroll to make. He's head coach, obviously. Uh, there's a reason that he's coaching the NFL, and I'm sitting on my couch watching the game. But um, yeah, Geno Smith came in. He's absolutely tearing it up for a little bit there. Um, he, as soon as he came in, he went right down the field. Uh, threw a touchdown pass to DK Metcalf, uh, who was being guarded by one of our rookies. Third-round pick, Robert Rochelle. Um, I watched that play over and over, and I can't help but think that maybe he should have stayed on to DK Metcalf um, like Velcro, uh, like instead of stopping – um, and trying to jump and intercept the pass and just stay on him. Uh, but he didn't, and uh, DK Metcalf had his second touchdown of the day. Uh, it was pretty close towards the end there. Um, I'm glad the Rams' defense was able to actually not give up a lot of yards um, as compared to last week. Uh, it was good to see that they were able to uh, get some turnovers because it's been a minute since I've seen a turnover. They got two. Um, hey, it's good. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we got the win. Win's a win. Not expecting to blow out everybody, despite what the media and people might think. You know, you acquire a quarterback who's of a different talent, different skill set. Um, you know, it's it's a but it's a it's a team game, and so. I'm expecting to get wins however you can get them. You know, I think this, I've heard this a million times. What are the sign of this, the, the, a sign of a good team is winning different ways. Um, I'm cool with it. We're four and one now and um, next few games uh, should be very winnable, but you know, it's the NFL. So uh, 
we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, let's see who's next. Who's next? Was it uh, Spence and Christian? I mean, you guys both had same same uh, games, like same in terms exactly. of when they when they, uh, when they started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll go first because might end it first because of the Packers had a lot of with it. Uh, weirdly enough, both games had the same final score, 25-22, which that's really odd score. Only 10 times, and that's including these two, that that, game is, that score has happened. But New England, you know, they went down to Houston. Davis Mills, a lot better than I expected. Like, I thought he'd be okay because, you know, he's the text. But also, though, he would win pretty handedly. I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. Unfortunately, because – we had four offensive line guys that weren't playing. The only starter was David Andrews, the center. There was obviously some, uh, not some continuity up front. I mean, Matt was only sacked one time, but there was a lot of pressure definitely getting into him. Mills threw over 300 yards, two touchdowns, including to Chris Moore. He had one of them. He had the lead, he led the Texans. Apparently, he was a practice squad elevation because he just today got put on the 53 man roster. So we got killed by a practice squad elevation guy. Nonetheless, on the English side of the ball, you know, they trailed 22 to 9 at one point. All hope looked to be potentially lost. But then Mac rallied the troops. Uh, Hunter Henry got a touchdown at one point. Um, Damon Harris had a touchdown in this game early on. So the fourth quarter, you know, they're driving. And when Nick Folk got the ball late, and it was also a 21 yard Folk compared to 56, I was telling you guys, like, he's getting rege- redemption right here. He's going to redeem himself from last week's miss. He had a good game. Oddly enough, the kicking in this game was not good early on. The first three uh, touchdowns had extra point attempts that failed to convert. Nonetheless, like we're watching the game, and before I don't want to spoil Christian's uh, t- step on his thunder. Then don't. But, uh, but real quick, the Patriots and the uh, Packers both lined up for a field goal at the same time. In the fourth quarter, it, like we had three TVs on at Roosters, uh, the place we were at. Oh, and also, oh, sorry. Yeah, now the other one being the Vikings game, Vikings yep. Lions. <laughs> so we had like three kids. We're all looking around watching all three TVs. But uh, Chris, I'll let you take away on the Packers game at least. I mean, dude, our, those games were quite interesting for say. And say, uh, I think Green Bay had the final kick before overtime. Uh, I don't know which one. I actually forget. Crosby but, missed the one in the fourth, I remember. Then yeah, Pearson I'm had a couple misses I'm trying overtime. to remember who was at the very end. I don't know if it was Mason or if it was uh, McPherson for Cincinnati. But it was it was really weird how three games could end in like ten seconds of each other. Uh, two did. And old New England had like – 10 seconds left. Yeah, give or take. Minnesota, Minnesota's was over, and so would Green Bay's. So, so in, in a span of 10 seconds, three games would, you know, definitely, you know, would end and one potentially with uh, New England and uh, Houston. But my Green Bay Packers, I'm talking like uh, Skip Bayless here, <laughs> Packers, uh, just slammed my table uh, for people who don't know. And, you know, I'd be so excited for my Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't know how we're 4-1, and one, yet we have a negative uh, point differential. Well, that first uh, game, that loss was horrible. 35-point yeah, loss. Yeah, that, that was a terrible game. But 
by it's only two. It's only two points. We're still negative, yet we're four and one. But I look at my I look at my Green Bay Packers team, and I'm thinking, okay, we are doing a fine job. I think we did great. Aaron was effective. He had a 68 QBR, which I mean, it's, it's a decent. You know, I think it's um. Uh, I don't know what the rating I forget the top like QBR is, but he had a good game, 344 yards, uh, eight average, two touchdowns and a pick. And Joe Burrow, he also played a really good game. You know, we ran the ball real well with Aaron Jones. Devontae was two was like a third of Aaron Rodgers is uh, passing yards, so that was obviously great. Uh, and the 27 catches, he had 11. So that was dominant of itself. But Green Bay played really well. And the only thing that kind of killed us were, were extra points being missed and missed field goals after missed field goal. It was driving me insane that Mason missed two, I think it was two straight field goals. And... We were watching this game, and every time they went up for a field goal, whether it was Cincy or Green Bay, we're like, this is it, and yet either it was doinked off or it was wide left or right. And Mason Crosby scored in, like, the last two minutes of overtime, and Green Bay got the win. Like I mentioned on this show, I think, Spencer, you disagreed, and uh, uh, Dalton and I did. But we thought Cincinnati would absolutely take it to Green Bay, and they did. Joe Burrow, and we'll talk about another young quarterback in that class, uh, in their in his class. These are like the best young quarterbacks to date. I mean, you talk about like in a recent draft, these two guys are absolutely going to be uh, their franchise guys for their respective franchise, and. Honestly, I don't think Cincinnati now. I think the other team uh, maybe sooner. But these two guys get weapons around them and they get a better defense and better uh, talent around them. Cincinnati could absolutely be, you know, a dark horse contender. They're three and two right now. But I mean, they're like, they're arguably four and one. Um, and, and honestly, Jamar Chase is a weapon. Out. Jamar Chase is a weapon. They need more, obviously. He, like, the preseason stuff, we were all having concerns. Like, this dude can't catch. Like, you draft a guy who absolutely just cannot catch in the NFL level, this is going to be a bust. And so far this year, Jamar Chase is a beast. And I absolutely respect the crap out of Jamar Chase now. And I saw a funny meme, and, like, it's it's true, but at the same time, it's not. And it was, this is evidence that bullying, that people, sh- like, bullying should be allowed. Because everybody just crapped on Jamar, said he was nothing, said he can't catch, said he's a bust, all this stuff. And now he's by far one of the best young receivers that we have seen in a long time. And he's better, he's, he's playing better than any of the other rookie wide receivers. And he's, you know, playing better than a lot of other receivers who've been in the league for a while, besides my boy, Devontae Adams. But besides the point, you know, Cincinnati could absolutely be a real deal. 
could be a potential wild card team, but I'm just having my boys pull it out. Yeah. Um, before we dive into our best games, I do want to mention there are still one of the feed team, Arizona Cardinals. They got a win 17-10 over the 49ers. Winless teams, the Lions, they almost had a win. But for the second time this year, they lost by a score of 19-17 to on a walk-off field goal. That is really weird. They've had two games with the 1917 score because that can't be a popular score. And then the Jaguars, you know, they didn't win. It's that is dysfunctional right there in Jacksonville. Oz Hog, I say. Uh, best game, Christian. Uh, you want you told me beforehand you wanted to go first. I'll let you go first. Best game of the week. So, my best game of the week is the game I just mentioned. Now, yes, I can talk about. Uh, Baltimore and Indianapolis. Yes, we're going to talk about Buffalo and Kansas City. But I'm going to let my boys, if you guys, if that is your game of the weeks, I'm going to let you all uh, talk about those. But I think, in my opinion, the game of the week was a hair-pulling game, frustrating, and it kept me on my toes, and it's Green Bay Cincinnati. Like I mentioned, Joe Burrow is incredible. I think Cincinnati has really put together a solid team. Two years ago, we all can agree, Cincinnati was absolutely a dumpster fire. Like, it was worse than Cleveland, and we thought nobody is going to make Cincinnati a good team. Cincinnati now with Joe Burrow and picking up guys, you know, developing Jesse Bates, who I think is just in his third season, Von Bell, has turned into a better safety like he was in early in New Orleans. Trey Hendrickson, who was, again, another New Orleans guy, he's absolutely loading up on that defensive front. They, they got amazing talent there in, in Cincinnati, and they draft well in the next several classes. They need to build that up. They need to build the offensive lineup. You got your star quarterback. You got your star running back. Got your star wide receiver. Tight end. Could you get better? Uh, maybe. But I still think um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, CJ? CJ Uzuma? Yeah. I think, I think he's their main tight end. Uh, he's good, but you can obviously get better. Not in the first round this year. Uh, but, I mean, you go after offensive line. You go after um, – I mean, they're really good defensively. Maybe linebacker. But I think offensive line this year, it's a no doubt – you got to build that for Joe Burrow. Joe was sacked three times, which is not a ton, but it's it was enough to keep him uh, from getting the dub. But I think game of the week is Cincy Green Bay just because Green Bay, this is the final time possibly we see uh, Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay uniform. Time, I mean, by year. Um, so Green Bay, they're kind of all in this year. Cincinnati – they not, you know, they're not all in this year, but they're going to show, okay, we're competitive. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be up in everybody's face. And even if they go seven and 10, eight and nine, you know, not great. And they miss the playoffs by a big margin. I still think Cincinnati is one of those teams. That's like, okay, they do well in free agency next year. They do well in the draft. They're a dark horse for the division and maybe for the Super Bowl. In the future. So, in my opinion, Green Bay, Cincinnati, game of the week because we're seeing the present uh, in the past in Green Bay and we're seeing the future in Cincinnati. 
All right. Dalton, your game of the week for uh, week five. Uh, Spence, I thought you were going to go first. No, it's okay. I'll go for you. I'll go second. That's all right. My game of the week is going to be a popular one here. Um, Probably Chargers-Browns. I just like that it was a high-scoring affair. Um, Yeah, I liked how uh, Justin Herbert is is showing us time and time again um, that he can – Go off and go win the games for for his team, and uh, I think that they got some weapons: Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, Jared Cook, um, Justin Jackson as the backup to Austin Eckler. Um, I'm a big fan of Brandon Staley. Uh, I think I think he's done a terrific job with this team. Uh, their defense is really really good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to have those high-scoring games. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, they did all they could. Um, you make those defensive defensive additions uh, to really secure that back end. Um, but, you know, John Johnson and Troy Hill can only do so much. The rest of the defense has got to help them out. Justin Herbert – you know, a once in a once in once in a generation talent. I mean, big arm, six six. Uh, I mean, smart. Um, uh, he goes for four touchdowns, no picks, over three hundred yards. I mean, there, there's only so much you can do. Um, I thought that was my that was definitely my game of the week. All right. I, admittedly, I didn't catch that game at all because I was busy during that uh, time period. I didn't get to catch the ending of that. Um, and also, admittedly, with my game of the week, I only caught really the fourth quarter, but it was a very good fourth quarter and I think worthy of it. And that was uh, last night, Monday Night Football, Colts and Ravens. You know, you had the Colts jump out to, you know, 25-9 to lead at one point. That's when I was able to flip it on because I was watching the Red Sox and they walked it off yesterday. So as soon as that game ended, I flipped over ESPN. And, you know, they're kicking off as 25-9. And from then on when I turned on, it was the Jackson and Mark Andrews show. As in, Lamar Jackson threw a two touchdowns and two two-point converges to Mark Andrews in the fourth quarter, the latter coming with 39 seconds to go in the ball ballgame. Um, they went to overtime, and then Mark, Mark, Marquise Hollywood-Brown caught a touchdown. Lamar, who, you know, for what it is, there are some people out there that still think he cannot throw a football. He's 37 for 43 for 442 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, if you can't throw a football and you're doing that, then I don't know what to tell you if you still have that uh, that awful take. Um, yeah, on the no ground, one else can throw a football, honestly. Yeah, no, I don't know who, what your take is. Uh, but King cares on the ground. They did – Lamar did – was asked post-game uh, about the record because, you know, the, last week there was a controversy because they ran the play late to try to get to 100 yards rushing it tie a record for consecutive games with 100-plus yard rushing. They finished only 86 yards yesterday. Unfortunately, that streak is over. I guess we'll see a new streak start it soon. But, yeah, just seeing Lamar Jackson take over down two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. That's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, 16 points. The fact that they were able to convert that, it's not going to say statistically improbable because it has happened before. But it is a very 
a unlikely thing to do. And Mark Andrews, uh, sort of underrated tight end. Like we knew how good he can be, but I don't think we'll do another 11, 147, two touchdown game, but he, he's very good. So, I mean, if you aren't on the Ravens bandwagon, uh, I don't want to say jump on the bandwagon, but you definitely a team to watch going forward. Um, Biggest surprise um, so far this year for me, it is the fact that um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we looked at it before the show. We were discussing the three of us. If you look at Kansas City's schedule, being two and three is not incredibly surprising. At least it shouldn't be because if you look at the teams they played, the Browns, which they won, the Ravens, who we just discussed, very good. The Chargers, who we also discussed, very good team. Eagles, not so good, but they got the W that one. And Buffalo is a very good team. Now, 18 was a little bit surprised that they lost that much. I'll be honest there. But Kansas City being 2-3 is still surprising because I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to be at least maybe, you know, 4-1, and one, maybe 3-2. and two. But having a losing record through five games was not something I saw. And I think Kansas City needed to get some defensive help there. But I told someone, I was like, if you told me like week five of the year, New England and Kansas City have the same record. I'd be like, oh, that means that I would honestly thought, oh, New England's like four and one. That's great. Or uh, you take that in that scenario. It sucks that it's two and three, but at the end of the day, New England and Kansas City have the same record. Dalton, your biggest surprise uh, either in last week or so far in the season, take it away. Biggest surprise. Um, I think it's just got to be that I think. Um, the Bills, the Bills defense is coming into its own. Um, I'm not surprised uh, that they won last, that they beat the Chiefs. Chiefs defense is t- terrible, atrocious. Um, you know, we 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 harp on their offense so often that we don't even care about the defense because we just think that if. The Chiefs spot the uh, the other team seventeen points. That doesn't matter. Uh, obviously, it does. Um, the Chiefs' defense has put uh, has given up close to thirty points, and I think the past six or seven games, um, in only one game, did they not give up thirty points, and that was twenty nine points. Um, the last few games they played, and I think that's. Terrible, um, so bad. Uh, they should probably get rid of their defensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, back to the Bills. Um, I think you know they're really coming to their own on defense. They they had they had a very good draft, very good free agency, and you know look at them after after five weeks. Um, that loss to the Steelers week one. Eh, I mean it happens. Uh, people trying to get back into the groove of things. Uh, teams are trying to trying to get back to what they were what playing playing some football, and now they've won. Now they won four straight, and they're 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 riding high right now. Um, yeah, that's got to be my surprise so far. All right, Christian, your biggest surprise so far. I think my biggest surprise so far of week five, and you touch on this, Spencer that people are disrespecting a NFL MVP like Lamar Jackson. Like, I, I'm serious. Lamar Jackson, I understand, and, you know, we're all from Louisville, Kentucky, so we all have paid attention 
to the Louisville Cardinals uh, football program. And Lamar Jackson is probably going to have his number retired. They're, uh, they are going to plan on making a statue for Lamar because he is probably with Unitas or maybe even better than uh, Unitas in terms of they put Louisville on the map. He made Louisville uh, a number three you know, ranked team in the nation back in 2017. So Lamar, as great as he was in college for the Louisville Cardinals, in Baltimore, he's doing great things. Now, I understand, you know, is he great in the sense of he's most consistent or he makes a lot of the great throws like Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and all this stuff? No. But if you actually go to his games, he is actually, in passing yards, gets better every single game. In week one against the Raiders, which he lost, 235. Next week against the Chiefs, 239. The Lions, 287. The Broncos, 316. And the Colts, 442. And he threw four touchdowns in this past game. He had four touchdowns all, you know, in the entire season in the last, you know, in the last four games. Three interceptions, okay. But he is showing... He is showing the NFL people, the scouts that still think he's a running back or he's not good enough, doesn't have the arm, and all this stuff. Probably the same people who say, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, who? Who is a great quarterback, you know, quotations great, that really hasn't lived it up? Uh, I would think college Spencer Rattler, honestly. Like, these are the same people that think Spencer's amazing, but Lamar isn't, and all this stuff. Can't I can't I can't agree with it. My biggest surprise is there are still doubters of Lamar Jackson's talent and how he is so good for Baltimore, and Baltimore could be on the verge of a Super Bowl run. Honestly. All right, on to uh, uh, you know overrated, underrated players in the NFL teams in the NFL. I'll go Dalton first. Who is your, you know, overrated or underrated? Yeah, one of each. Overrated and underrated. Dalton, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, My overrated um, would probably be, gosh, this is going to be tough, but. uh, All right, let's go. Let's go to underrated first. Because I can't think of an overrated at this point. Um, underrated, especially with this past week. Um, I mean, it's got to be Josh Allen. I uh, can be. Um, I, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna come to take a team as a whole. Um, I still think. I still think it's you know the Cardinals. Um, uh, I still think there's got to be some people who aren't buying into the hype. Uh, you know, they had a good win last week um, against a good San Francisco 49ers defense. Um, I was watching that game, and I thought that, you know, that team, they were able to 
despite only being up by seven points or three points, they were still able to uh, control the clock and um, get the win. Uh, that was a tough win. Um, I think that they're probably the best team in the NFC West right now. Um, and overrated, uh, it's got to be the Washington football team. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, they come in with all this hype about their defense and it just has not been the same this year. Has not been the same. Um, of course there were, there was concerns about their quarterback position going in. Um, but that's just half of it. You know, you got to have a defense who can, you know, get stops every once in a while. Um, it seems to me that this defense can't get a stop. Uh, so that's the, yeah. Yeah. Instead of players, I'm going with two teams this week. Uh, football team is overrated and the Cardinals is underrated. All right. Um, for me, overrated, and this is just strictly based on their record, and I think they're also trending in a downwards uh, trajectory, too. The Seattle Seahawks. I am love the Seattle Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson. Bet Wilson's going to be out, they said, six to eight weeks, potentially, with a, a dislocated finger. And, you know, they lost by nine. Geno Smith, he looked pretty good for a while in that game, but he did throw a cost interception late. Um, also, they're two and three, a team that I thought for sure would be in the playoffs. Um, just a letdown so far. It's, again, still early in the year, but what we have to work with five games. I think Seattle is slightly overrated based on their record alone. And they got Pittsburgh. It's Geno Smith against Big Ben. It's going to be pretty bad to watch back quarterback play, I, I think. If you lose to Pittsburgh, again, Pittsburgh's not a terrible team. They're not really good either. That This could be a really it could get ugly fast for Seattle. And then underrated, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears. You know, they're three and two, but they did look pretty they looked some uh really good against the Raiders in what ended up being Gruden's last game as we discussed earlier. Uh Phil's I think he's finally finding something. Twelve for twenty, hundred eleven, one touchdown. That's not horrible, to say the least. And I think it's just get the offense Nagy might still lose his job at the end of the year. But they need to get something going for, um, you know, something that works in Justin Fields' favor for um, this team. But I do think the Bears are underrated a bit, and they're playing a tough Green Bay team that we'll get to a little later on in the show. But that's my overrated, underrated. Christian, your overrated, underrated player or team? Uh, overrated, Kansas City. And it, it's just this. When you are tied with – uh, I'm not, like your of your turnovers. When you have given away the same amount as the worst team in the NFL, Jacksonville Jaguars, something is not right. It seems like Patrick Mahomes, how he's been playing these you know these five games so far, it seems like he's shot. Right? It seems yeah. we, we've always seen we always see players, and this is. NFL, NBA, MLB, college football, and all this stuff, where they are really good for a moment, and then they get all the advertisements. They get all the glamour. They get all the TV time. They get the commercials. They get this. They get that. And they can't handle it. Baker Mayfield, at one point, had more commercials than 
he had wins. Like that that's just how it is. And then for a year, we didn't see a new Baker Mayfield commercial. And then he started winning. So then he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to lay back on the commercial. So now you see like a new one every week or two. And then you see him winning. And the Browns are kind of this up and down team. So I'm not saying like they're there, but they seem more there than Kansas City right now. And Mahomes does the league, you know, and Mahomes is still trying to do the flashy throw, the no look pass. Oh, look at me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing anything better. Get the make your team win. Make your team go five and zero, oh, and then you can do the flashy stuff. Then you can talk crap. I mean, right now Mahomes should focus on winning. You know, shutting up his brother on TikTok. You know, so he doesn't throw a water bottle when they pout, and then, you know, in a polite in a polite way, make his fiance get off Twitter. That. All Kansas City's distraction, distraction, distraction. They're two and three for a reason. They honestly, <laughs> honestly, they should be one and four. Cleveland has a better defense. And, I mean, Kansas City's defense is not pretty either. Like, that's another discussion. But Cleveland has a little bit better offense. They're one and four. And, I mean, of all the teams in that division, we thought they'd be better than the Chargers. Nope. Thought it'd been the Raiders? Nope. And the Broncos? Nope. Like the worst teams that we think of, Kansas City's fourth in that division, which we thought we would never see under Mahomes era. They're overrated. Underrated. A team that belongs in the NFC East. Nope. It's not my team or Dalton's team that we have a little bet on. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia defeated the Carolina Panthers 21 to 8 team a really tough game for both and philly right now they had a blowout win against falcons congrats they had a real tough defensive matchup against san fran which they lost by six they got whooped by dallas and then kansas city they actually scored 30 on them their their second highest scoring game is on, so again, the Kansas City Chiefs, the, uh, the overrated team of the week right now. You you do that? Okay. Philly, and, they, and they're going to play the Bucks, which I think, you know, I don't think Thursday night's going to go well. But, I mean, you kind of look at their schedule. Las Vegas, with the new coach and everything, are they going to still be that kind of macho team? Detroit's Detroit. Uh, the Broncos, what are they? Saints, are we getting week one, week five, or week two Saints? Giants and Jets, okay. Washington, not the same. So, they got an interesting schedule. They could make a run. Jalen Hurts has been, you know, getting better week by week. And he's, you know, making this team his own. So, Philly, in my eyes, they're the most underrated team of week five. Oh, so that game was like very forgettable. Like we looked over, it was like oh, Carolina's winning. Look over a little, like oh, Philadelphia has a lead on Carolina. Interesting. Such a weird uh, gameplay. Anyway, that does it for our recap. Now on to predictions. We I picked five games with uh, help from Christian and Dalton. And you know, week six, some games look better than others on paper. Naturally, 
We're going to start with the 1 o'clock slate. We have the Chargers traveling to uh, Baltimore, taking on the Baltimore Ravens in a game that features two very good quarterbacks. You know, Lamar Jackson coming after a 462-yard passing performance. Herbert, we know what we're, we what he's capable of for sure. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens this week. You know, I think Lamar keeps it going. And I think we also could potentially see a shootout here because Herbert, we know, can light up. And Eckler is a very good running back. I think he's also kind of slightly underrated a bit just because, you know, the whole Melvin Gordon thing a few years ago. I do like Eckler a lot. I think Eckler can have a huge day on the ground and in the air. But also, I think Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, that duo won't be as good as last week. I don't think he can duplicate that necessarily two weeks in a row with the same output. That, that duo is very scary. It's very good, and that is why I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens to take it over and get the W this weekend. Dalton, how do you see Chargers and the Ravens going down? Oh, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, but, um, like I said earlier, I mean, I'm a big believer in uh, Brandon, Staley, Brandon uh, Staley's defense. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love what the Ravens are doing. Uh, I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that, you know, their defense is pretty good, too. And, um, you know, um, Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown, Mark, uh, Mark uh, I mean, Spencer, you said it, the tight end, Mark Andrews. Andrews yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, they got a, they got a pretty stacked offense. Um, but I just think – I just think, you know, when it comes down to it um, – I mean, Baltimore. They they had to. They needed they needed a missed field goal. Rarely that rarely happens by Rodrigo Blankenship to go into overtime and win that game. Um, against a Colts team that was that was one in three going in, or one in three, one in four going in, and uh, I mean, in, I mean, I, I mean, at your house. I mean, I get that there's like this thing where you know, it's any given Sunday, any any team can win, but I just think in front of your home crowd, you gotta you gotta you gotta take that over. I mean, obviously, if you have the better team, you gotta take that over and win um, by more than six. Um, I'm gonna take the Chargers. Um, big believer in Herbert and uh, Brandon Staley. You have the defense ready. It's going to be tough for them, though. I mean, Lamar, he can do things off script. And, I mean, he's fast. He's twitchy. I mean, it's – I mean, he's, he's, he's great. He's, he's, an, he's, an, he's an awesome quarterback. He's outstanding. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. But I think, I think the Chargers will edge it out on the road. All right. Christian, how do you see uh, Chargers-Ravens going down? You know, I mentioned this earlier talking about how in the 2020 class – uh, there were two quarterbacks that I, you know, one we all thought, you know, could do something. One we didn't think was going to be good enough. That was Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Justin already looks like he's the best quarterback of that 2020 class. Even though Joey B, amazing quarterback, right now, I'm not saying Joe's in the MVP conversation. I'm saying Justin's in the MVP conversation. So when you have a, potential future MVP go up against an NFL MVP. This is going to be 
a big, big game. What scares me is the defense. And is the offense with Lamar Jackson going to be clicking? I trust Lamar and I trust John Harbaugh that they're going to game plan well. They they looked at the Colts and thought, okay, we don't need to com- you know need to compete as much. Colts kind of whooped them. They are going to do very well game planning for Justin Herbert and for Los Angeles. And I think it's going to be a really good game. This is probably going to be game of the week for one of us, um, you know, come next week. But I think that the future MVP is going to win this game. I think Justin Herbert, because right now the Chargers, they're looking at Kansas City. They're like, okay, they're kind of in a little hectic bubble right now. Denver is Denver, and they're 3-0 and start. They're pretenders. And then the whole Las Vegas situation, they have the best moment possible to get an early lead in the division. Denver is a dumpster fire, and they have shown, yeah, they can be really bad teams, but they can't be like any, you know, C, C-plus teams. They can't, they just can't do it. You know, Las Vegas, like I said, new interim coach, new system possibly that they may, you know, you know, intertwine and everything. And Kansas City being a dumpster fire, Chargers need to have this win, especially against a really good team in Baltimore who may, you know, compete with them for a possible wildcard spot if Kansas City just starts a blaze. So Los Angeles needs this win, and I think Los Angeles takes this one. All right. Also at 1 o'clock, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Chicago, the Windy City, to take on division rival Chicago Bears. Uh you know, division rival, division games, always tough to predict because it can go either way. Both teams are cable. They know each other well. But, I mean, Fields has to attack that defense with, uh, you know, lack of secondary help there with Jair injured. Um, you know, Kevin King being really um, on the not as good side of the cornerback play. But I think Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, it's a division game. Aaron Rodgers, I think, has something out against all those division teams. I think Minnesota's probably the most hated, but I think Chicago's not far behind. And I think Aaron Rodgers going to have a, uh, a field day again. I'm not going to do what I did last week and say Packers by two touchdowns. And because <laughs> that. Uh, but I do think Green Bay will get the victory over Chicago. But Chicago is definitely a feisty team that isn't going to go away easily without a fight. Christian, you're the Packers fan here. I'll let you take off and uh, provide a little bit more insight than I can on this matchup. Here's what I believe in this matchup. Justin Fields is a starting quarterback. He is the future quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I will give – I am a, one of these fans, and I know I've been criticized by other parties, not you two, but other parties, how I am not a real fan of my boys. Here's – I'm a realistic fan. If I believe Green Bay is going to be terrible, I think they're going to be terrible. I predicted them to lose against the, uh, Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. And only not because I want it to happen, but some pride was on the line, and I wanted to win the entire uh, year of NFL predictions because I am just that kind of guy. Which you did, by the way. Which I did. So, ha. Huh. But I don't think it's going to be one of those games. I think my boys take it. I think they do. 
Justin Fields, you've got to give him a year. I think Matt Nagy is fired, but I think Chicago should understand Justin's the guy. It's not, you know, the red water pistol, Andy Dalton. It's not Nick Fold. It's Justin Fields. You trade it up for Justin, you've got to give him a year. This is Matt Nagy's saving grace. And I think what Matt Nagy needs to do is, I mean, he just needs to just trust his quarterback. Build a game plan around Justin. You know, do some play out, you know, do some play action, do some read option, make Justin run around in the pocket, you know, get him, get his mobility as a weapon like Lamar. He's not Lamar. He, I don't think he's even close to him just in terms of speed and just overall just ability, but he's mobile enough to get you seven, eight on the occasion. So I think this is going to be a really tough game. This is the rivalry in the NFL between Green Bay and Chicago. This is in Chicago. The fans are going to be loud. Chicago's going to be riled up. And if Chicago wins this game, they are both four and two. They're both tied in this division. How bad they played against the Browns, the, the Bears did, like, holy crap. Um, they're actually tied, even though they played really bad against them. Um, and Green Bay, it really did hurt them for a week one loss against New Orleans. So, Green Bay, um, you know, I think Green Bay does take the win, but Chicago could seriously put up a fight. And, you know, Spencer, don't, don't at me on this, but, I mean, a three-point win? a seven point win, like a one possession kind of win. It seems fair to say about that since it is the robbery of the NFL. All right. Dalton, your prediction for Packers bears. I think that the Packers will beat the bears. Um, I think that uh, obviously um, the Bears uh, might be a little bit over their skis in this one. Uh, the Packers are just a better team from top to bottom. Um, I don't think anyone's disputing that, so I'm not gonna not gonna have any upsets here. Uh, it's yeah, I think I think the Packers are gonna win. All right, on to the uh, four o'clock hour of the day. The first one I wanted, Raiders and Broncos. Now, we had this game picked out because both teams are 3-2. and two, And this seems like a game where whoever loses this game, and I'm not saying it will happen, but it just seems like whoever loses this game, their season's going to spiral out of control. And, like, you can argue that Raiders have already had that happen because of a head coaching change uh, due to, like, we discussed that earlier. So, I'm not going to rehash it a bit. Um. Now, what says is Teddy Bridgewater still a concussion protocol for this game? I think he is, and even if he is, I don't think it matters that much. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I think there's just too much internal drama with the Raiders, and you know maybe the team gets down there. You know they're playing for their new head coach, uh, Rich Basisi. Basisi. I don't even remember his last name. I'm not gonna try. I, I, you know, I just did. I think the Raiders could easily come out and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna play for our new head coach, get him a first win in his uh." First interim job um, in the NFL. 
I still I think it's the Broncos. I think this there's just too much internal drama with the Raiders for them to be that focused. Even though Drew, you know, he resigned that doing be a distraction. It is. It's unfortunate. I just think Denver is going to, like I said, Denver's going to win this game, I think. Dalton, how do you see Raiders-Broncos going down? Your typical AFC West game. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Derek Carr. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Even if he's in concussion protocol, uh, if he doesn't play, Drew Locke will play. I mean, he's okay. He's got 50, 53% completion percentage for his career. It turns the ball over a lot. Kind of reckless. Kind of like a more seasoned veteran version of Zach Wilson. Um, I think that, you know, I think the Broncos defense is uh, – I think they got players, um, good players. Uh, but – I'm going to go with Derek Carr, uh, Josh Jacobs. I'm going to go with those guys to lift them, lift the Raiders up, uh, win just barely uh, on the road in a hostile environment. So Teddy did play against Pittsburgh, which I don't even know why. He did. I thought, he did. I, thought he did. I for sure thought it was Drew Locke. I guess I just didn't pay attention to that game whatsoever. Gotcha. Anyway, Christian, how do you see the Raiders and the Broncos going down? Um. You know, I would definitely say if it was not for uh, the John Gruden situation, I think the Raiders all day. Um, and, yeah, I think there's absolute um, – absolutely Las Vegas can come out, you know, try to win for the new head coach and try and get their season back on track because we rarely, rarely see uh, in week six an interim head coach. That is just rare. Bill and O'Brien, interim coach has a chance to make the playoffs too. Uh, absolutely, and that would be, I think, the first time in a while we've seen that. But obviously, the issues why that is is not, you know, he wasn't fired because of performance. You know, if he was fired because of that, I'm like, okay, you have way too many high expectations. But obviously, you know, we can't joke about that situation. Denver needs this win. This is at home. They are now kind of being bullied because they're 3-0. and They played a really good team, got smoked, and then they played a C team in Pittsburgh, which has an amazing defense, not so good offense, and yet they got it, you know, they got whooped. Now, the score doesn't look like it was, but they really did for most of that game. Denver needs its win. I think they will I think they will win this game. Uh, but I think it's gonna be a really close game. I don't think it's a blowout in any situation. I don't think it's even by 10 points. I think it's a real close game. <clears throat> you know, division games are tough to call. But at the same time, Las Vegas, we don't know how the head coach is going to do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the head coach because I, I know I'm going to butcher his name. So just say the head coach. And um, I think Denver, I mean, you know, Vic Vangio is a really good defensive mind. He hasn't been that great of a head coach. I think they probably need, you know, somebody younger to take that position. You know, I'm not being ageist. I'm just saying, like, look what he's done. Um, but Denver needs this win to kind of put some confidence back in that organization, and I think Denver takes it. All right. On to the uh, other marquee game in the 4 o'clock hour. 
Um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, 5-0, and traveling to Cleveland, Ohio to take on the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium. And I'm going to say it here. You heard, I could easily have gone with uh, the Cardinals instead that they're going to continue on the beat season. I'm going to be bold, a little bit bold here. Maybe not too bold because Cleveland is a very good football team. And I think that Cleveland is going to hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season this weekend. I'm going with the Browns. I do think it'll be a shootout because I think Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, they they put 17 points up last week and they got, it was enough to get the win. I don't think it's going to be that low again. I think Cleveland, their defense is good as it is. I think it's going to be, um, the, I think Arizona's going to put some points up, but I also think Baker Mayfield is going to put up more points and that's going to be the factor. I mean, obviously that's how the game works. You score more points, you win. They put up 42 last week and they lost. I think they can put up that much, and they're going to win this week. That's why I'm going with the Cleveland Browns to pull off the upset. Christian, how do you see the Cardinals and the Browns going down? Um, you know, this is, you know, a big game for Arizona. Uh, we said that last time when they played the Rams. And obviously, we you know, sorry, Dom, but we saw how that game went. Arizona okay. is – on the thing. Arizona okay. is playing like they are the best team right now in the NFL – um, and I think they are right there with Buffalo and the Chargers. Arizona, in my opinion, they they have to reach a point where they're going to lose. We all know, you know, they're going to lose someday. They could be like the Miami Dolphins and just win out. That that's just hard. It's just hard in the NFL due to injuries. I mean, um, I mean we just found out earlier that Chandler Jones tests positive for COVID-19 and he is going to be on the COVID-19 list. So they're going to be without him. So, I mean, this the next couple games don't look interesting. So I'm going to have to agree with Spencer. I think Cleveland does take this game, but I mean, Arizona's defense, they've really got to step up without Chandler. They absolutely could, but you know, with how Cleveland's defense played last week. And even though that offense was amazing, their defense still couldn't do enough. But I trust Cleveland could, you know, pull off an upset and just shock the world and beat the last undefeated team in the NFL. So I, I got Cleveland. All right. Dalton, how do you – I mean, obviously, Carl's division team, that, like you said, they played you guys a few weeks ago. How do you see the Cardinals doing inside uh, Cleveland, Ohio? Um, this could, this could very well be the game of the week as well, fellas. I mean, uh, obviously a good Browns team, uh, the first in the league in rushing, um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I mean, Cardinals got their hands full this week. I think missing Chandler Jones, uh, I think that's going to be, it's going to be quite the loss, but you know, he, he hasn't really recorded a sack since he had those five, um, in one game. Um, I think, you know, they still got J.J. Watt. I think, I mean, that Cardinals defense is getting better and better. Uh, Cardinals could very well lose this game. Like, I'm not saying that they're, you know, the world beaters, but, you know, like, I just think Kyler Murray is, uh, you know, a smaller version of Lamar. And, uh, I mean, Kyler, you know, speaking from a guy who has to play him twice a year, um, probably – didn't give this Cardinals team the amount of respect that they deserved at the very beginning of the season. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, D-Hop and Green, A.J. Green, like, you got to pick one. Um, Christian Kirk, uh, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, and then Kyler himself as a weapon. Um, it's going to be a lot for this Browns defense, and uh, they're going to have to pick and choose, pick their poison, what they want to do, stop the pass or stop the run. And uh, uh, I just think I just think the Cardinals are going to pull this one out, just barely. All right, interesting take there. Um, other game, we have Bills, Titans, Monday Night Football, 4-1 and one Buffalo, come after thrashing of Kansas City, taking on Tennessee. And you know what? I'm going to have Dalton go first on this one. Um, Dalton, actually, you call, you were the one, only one of us that picked Buffalo to beat Kansas City, which is weird because you're probably the biggest Kansas City fan of the three of us. Yep. So, don't have you go first. Uh, how do you see Buffalo and Tennessee going down Monday night? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a good game, too, I think. <laughs> you know, potential for three uh, great games. Athletic uh, picks are great ones. Yeah. I mean, you're great at picking them, Spence. Gosh. Without you, I don't know where we'd be. But back to the game. Um I think this is going to be all about stopping the run uh, on both sides, you know, whether it's with Derrick Henry or uh, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and Josh Allen's read options. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a long day for the te- for the for the t- uh, the Titans defense. Um, you got Dawson Knox, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs uh, on the Bills offense, and then you got to deal with Josh Allen rolling out of the pocket. You know, being mobile as he is. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, uh, is he going to have Julio Jones back? We'll see. Uh, he's got he's got uh, Brown, A.J. Brown still, and uh, Chester Rogers. You guys heard that name before? He's had to step up now uh, and be their slot receiver. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, spread's about five and a half. I think that's fair. Uh, and – the, of course, the Bills' favor, but I think the Bills probably have the best all-around team in the NFL. Um, I know that probably hurts you, Spence, being as you're in the division, but um, I think them winning by 18 points against the Chiefs, who had a, who has a pretty good offense, I would think. Of course, they've gotten pretty complacent lately. Um, uh, I think, you know, the Bills will be able to pull this win out uh, and move on. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, all from top to bottom, they just they just got they just got a better team. Um, but don't get me wrong. Uh, the Bills, they're probably it's probably not going to be a blowout if I had to make predictions, assumptions uh, right now. Um but, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. All right. Christian, how do you see the Bills and Titans going down? So, for people who may be listening on Wednesday, October 13th, one year ago today, on Tuesday night football, the Buffalo Bills took on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. And the score of that game was 42-16. to 16. And this was the whole 
um, I believe it was Tennessee that had a lot of COVID issues and almost screwed up the entire league. Screwed up with Minnesota, with them, and the first ever Tuesday night football game happened last year on this very day, if you're listening on October 13th on a Wednesday morning or afternoon or evening. Who knows? But will history repeat itself? Will Tennessee take on Buffalo and blow them the crap out? Nope. I think if any of that happens, Buffalo will blow Tennessee out. But I don't think (laughs) Buffalo will blow Tennessee out. But I think Buffalo will win this game. If Tennessee, even though we have predicted and it has come true, that Tennessee is the best team in this division, which we all can probably agree Tennessee is not the best team, not even close to what we think could be good. They got destroyed by Arizona. They barely beat Seattle, barely beat the Colts by 11. And then, woohoo, you beat Jacksonville. But they also lost to the Jets. Very inconsistent. Buffalo, yes, they had a very bad game against – uh, Pittsburgh, which we need kind of know their offense now, but shut out against the Dolphins, whooped Washington, shut out against the Texans, whooped Kansas City. They are a team on a mission. They want to beat the crap out of their opponents because they want to be in this world. That is their goal. The Bills Mafia deserve it. They have earned it. Buffalo Bills will be 5-1 and one by Tuesday morning. When you know the day next week when we record our podcast, that is a guarantee, and that's my one guarantee is Buffalo's going to be five and one. If not, the man I probably should go last in every single topic because who cares about my opinion if I can't get this game right? I got Buffalo beating Tennessee. Well, you are the only one that has a winning record on the rear. The schedule, I mean. The standings have you as 13 and 12. Dawn and I are both 12 and 13. So, oh, yay. <laughs> we finally got back to almost 500. Hmm. I I didn't know that last year it was like one year ago tomorrow's when uh, they played that Tuesday night game. That was a weird, like, let's hope last year was weird. Because I've been thinking Buffalo, like, yeah, Buffalo's got this because Tennessee's got COVID issues. And Tennessee shocked us all that night. You know what? Even before you mentioned that, I was leaning Tennessee. I'm going with Tennessee. I think it's going to be. Oh, a, I, I think Buffalo somehow they they their offense has been on fire lately. I think they're due for a regression, like a one game where they're not like kind of like Arizona offense on fire. They have one game where it's not on fire. They score 17. They got the win. I think Henry's going to run it down Buffalo's throats, and I think at the end of the day, it's going to be an upset. I think the Titans are going to do it. Honestly, I don't know. I can't really explain myself, but. If, and also, I'm also thinking Julio's going to play, too. And if Julio's not playing, I still think Tennessee can win it, but it makes it a little difficult there. Um, but, yeah, that's all I have to say. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this up? I mean, nothing much. I think you're wrong on that, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's one game. If I lose, I lose. And if the way, um, you know, thanks for listening to another edition of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.